everyone. Welcome to um, Talk About Life. And today we've got a special guest, um, CJ Eves. Uh, and uh, I would like her to introduce herself. And um, she's got a book that is out. And I also would like her to promote her book because it's so, it's a book that I think a lot of people should read. Um, uh, it's something that it's about uh, detailing her story uh, and her deployment in Afghanistan and, and her life. Um, uh, as a military personnel um, that you know protects a lot of us for 20 years of a service so thank you so much ma'am um, <laughs> thank you so and much and thank you so much for being here on my podcast and YouTube and uh, today's story is um, my comeback story and I'd like to give the floor to um, uh, CJ a professional podcaster um, and then you'll find her link there and I'm sure she's got so much to share uh, with the listeners and the viewers. Um, hi, Debbie. Welcome to Singapore. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm, I'm almost speechless. I'm like, wow, I don't know if I could live up to that introduction. But I really appreciate you and for having me come on the show and for the things that you do, for the stories that you allow people to come and talk about. It's really important. Um, but for me to tell my story, it goes all the way back to but basically the very first whoops, where's my finger going i do this every time i never know where my finger's going um the very first page of this book right here which is summer raven and it basically starts it when i was five years old mm. and it talks about me standing on a metal chair in my yard where a rooster taunts me and i'm scared for my life and everyone around me is laughing because they think it's funny and it yeah. talks about not trusting your own intuition was that mm. the very moment that i started wondering mm. should i trust my gut feeling or should i not believe in myself you know and then that led my entire life to where i always looked to other people because i didn't trust my gut feeling that i felt at that moment and throughout my life that something was wrong with my gut feeling so i had to ask other people to get that not justification, but kind of like that, that boost of confidence. And yeah. when I graduated high school, yeah. um, I graduated with a 1.7 GPA, which was the lowest that you could do to even graduate high school and no college would take me. I had no aspirations. So uh, there was a faded day where a flyer came in the mail and it was from the United States Air Force. And I said, well, I can stay here and go to jail, get hooked on drugs, have kids, or I could go travel the world. Let's see what this is about. And it led me down, you know, a 20 year career, uh, meeting the most amazing, brilliant people that I've ever met in my entire life. And I was able to have two wonderful kids out of it that saved me at this point in my life. I thought I had nothing left to keep. I thought that my life had no purpose whatsoever when I went through divorce with their father. After many years of abuse and the turmoil, I looked in the mirror and I didn't know who I was. And I laid on the carpet and I said, if, if it's my time, take me now. I was praying to God. I said, I don't have a purpose here. The kids will be better off without me. And then I woke up the next day and they were smiling as if nothing was wrong. 
And then at that point, I knew I had a purpose and they got me through the toughest times. And it was truly amazing. And I was able to continue serving, you know, as a single parent uh, through Afghanistan, Kosovo, Kuwait, uh, Oman. And then my last deployment, I was married to my husband now, who um, is the light of my life. He saved me. He gave me my body back. He gave me my soul back. Yeah. That was taken away from me. And, and then upon retirement, I just started living, which wow. this is the craziest part of it. Um, I'd always, like I said, I'd always went and asked for other people's opinions. I never trusted my gut and I always wouldn't go and follow the dreams I wanted. I always did the safe route. Um, a year after I retired, I was diagnosed with stage three COPD. Six months later, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. And six months after that, the pandemic started. And it was, I thought, I waited my entire life to live. What am I doing? What am I waiting for? So I had already published a couple books, uh, a children's book author. Where's my finger going? See, we're doing it again. <laughs> um, there's one of my children's books there. That one's for my dad. And um, wow. I published a couple children's books, but after the stage yeah. three COPD, the skin cancer, and then yeah. the pandemic, I yeah. started living. I said, nothing's promised. I'm going to start doing what I want to do. And I, I have 14 books. I have uh, 11, sorry, 11 children's books and three adult books wow. published. I call them my hope books because all three of those books are about people's life stories. The first one was An Addict's Journey Home and The Tale of Two Sisters. It's my sister's story of over 20 years of drug addiction um, and the things that she went through on the streets. She lived on the streets for many years. The second book is um, Hold On To Your Soul and it's 10 different women's stories wow. of survival, the very thing that was supposed to take them down and how they made it through. And then my book. Oh my God, it's like, this is like a whole lot of inspiration. Yeah, and then, you know, in, and in 2019, right before the pandemic hit, me and my sister decided to do Sister Sister Live Show, and we just spawned off of that. So we have, you know, Sister Sister Live Show, which is our podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we also feed the of our hometown they go out and they feed and hand out clothes and my sister gives them her card and helps them get off the street helps them get clean from their addiction and i have a faith-based motivation podcast and also also an author's podcast for authors so they can come and share their journey uh, as an dude, author yeah dude um before we go into the podcast which i'm so interested and would like you to share with the listeners and the viewers um you know, it's so, I can't imagine um, the immense, um, the enormity of this um, um, tsunami events that hit you, um, you know, when, um, you know, you kind of like being walked out on, you know, um, leave 
um, you know, leaving you with the kids and all this. Um, it didn't sound like um, it's something that you expected. Um, would you like to tell us, um, not in too much of confidentiality, but tell us your emotional journey um, in, in, you know, tell us as a woman, how did you feel the phases that you go through? It must have been a roller coaster. It must have been, I would say, heart wrenching. Um, it would have must have been like, you know, your heart must have gone through that kind of crush and that grind for you to have felt like you feel that you can't live and the children is better without you. I can't imagine um, the world that just kind of collapsed, um, especially for a woman who's so strong like you and military personnel. I mean, that emotional enormity. Um, tell us, I think it's so important for, for, for us women to hear, or even men, to hear um, that kind of emotional, um, I should say that deep, dark, painful hole that just fall on you. Um, you know, I, I would like you to really um, share with us, and, and I'm sure a lot of uh, people go through that in some points of their life and let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, I, you know, I, I grew up in a broken home. My parents uh, were divorced before I was a year old. I was raised mostly by my grandmother. So when I went into the military and growing up, I said, I'm going to break this, this cycle of violence, this cycle of crazy for lack of better words, because I love my family, but there's a lot of drug addiction and mental health issues. So I decided that I would get married and then I would have my children. And when I got married, I was going to get married forever. That was going to be it. The thicker thin we were going to make it. When November 3rd, 2002 was the day I walked away. He didn't leave me, I walked away. I had to take my children and put them to a sacred situation. I had to, and I remember a very important conversation. We went to the chaplain and the chaplain sat us down and said, do you really want to Show your children you're a quitter, Christina. Do you really want to show them that you you haven't given everything? I said, sir, I want to explain something to you. I've given everything I can over the past five years. Right now, I'm showing my daughter that she never has to be treated the way I've been treated. She never has to accept a lifestyle the one that I've had to live. I'm teaching my daughter, my son, how to respect a woman and the woman supposed to spend his life with. I'm teaching my son that it's not acceptable to be this way as a man. So yes, I thought about this. This wasn't something I did overnight. This had been years in thinking about it. There was a day of our wedding where things were going on, but I had made the commitment to get married 
that's how deep when I made that commitment, I said I was going to get married, even though my gut feeling, once again, yeah. I drew a little girl with the rooster, things were happening. And, you know, looking up someone, an old girlfriend's name on the internet that they were supposed to get married, saying your vows to the feeling instead of to me, things like that. And, but I said, marrying this person I already made a commitment I have to see this through because that was my belief system yeah but when because I, I you gave your word we wanted to live through to deliver your word yeah yeah and you know it wasn't just my word it was my it was it was I wholeheartedly believe that if you love someone enough you can make it through anything oh. but in the end I realized that love wasn't enough if the other person didn't love you the same way or respected you. So even though it didn't work out, you know, and I have my two beautiful children. And while we were going through the mess and my dad gave me a very great piece of advice because I talked to him and said, dad, I'm thinking about leaving. And my dad's been married to my stepmother for 40 something years. My dad. You know, I got my belief system from him. And he said, he said, Chrissy, because that's what he calls me. He said, Chrissy, when you leave, leave with your heart or you're never going to be able to love really again. And that was a great piece of advice because when I left, I did leave with my heart. I knew that I was making the right decision. My heart no longer ached for him and for his attention and for his love anymore my heart ached for the the silence my heart ached to to know who i was again yeah um could you also share with us the nights that you struggled with um you know after you made your decision you were alone you brought your children could you could you tell me could you share with us there must have been those nights that the thoughts come to you like um, um, either it is did I do right did I do wrong was it doubt or was it like um, you know there's so much pain um, there's so much heaviness in responsibility I feel that weight I feel I need to go on I feel hopeless um, I need help I mean tell us there must have been nights that you felt some things. Yeah, it, it was every single night. Um, and I think as a mother, as a parent, I think every single night you wonder if you're enough. Because um, it's a funny story. So that was 2002. And fast forward to 2010, a family friend of my mother, my mother was living with me, she came down to visit and I made beanies and weenies for dinner, which is basically uh, baked beans and hot dogs cut up. And that was dinner. And she made fun of us for having it, but it was my kid's favorite. I told her a little story the other day. I said, you don't realize that when you made that dinner and the kids loved it, that's all we could afford wow. when when i walked out i also walked away with all the bills he refused to pay any of them wow. and he refused to pay his children so i had to pay bills and because I, I was a military member i was 
responsible. I had to be responsible. I could not. Yes. Oh my God. I couldn't have issues at home. I couldn't cry at work. I couldn't let anyone know that anything was wrong. The day I was at home, my husband and my kids, the next day I was a single parent. I couldn't afford food, but I had to act like nothing had changed. You couldn't blink an eye when you work. That's how it was. So when I couldn't afford a lot of food, I would buy the cheapest thing that I could find in the store, but still provide for my kids. So I would tell them that this was a special treat that I would get when I was a kid. And they would get so excited because it would connect them with my family back home. Oh, wow. And, and those were some of the things that people didn't understand. And my kids didn't have huge birthday parties. We, we always did something different and intimate. And I explained to them how much more special it was. And when, when I had to go away on a deployment, I explained to them the adventure that they were going on. And, and it's, it's great to hear my kids talk now of their time that all the adventures they went on. And, and I tell them now that they're older, I was like, that was not an adventure, but I'm glad that you thought it was. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know, coming from you is so real. I mean, my heart um, uh, kind of even just listening to that kind of cracks. <laughs> you know? and, and, and you being able to see the significance and through my um, uh, conversation with you, um, and this is what I gather. Um, there is so much significance in every little thing that you do. Um, you know, your life not only has been a story, but it's of deep significance that you are really understanding it about the life, you know, um, and your story about having this big bean. I think it really packs a lot um, and I can see like you can write a story about big beans <laughs> <laughs> on a book you know it's like okay it's a big bean but it's really about the life I mean it's about the life of a mother the hardships that she goes through with the strength that she gathered the responsibility that she lived for the children um, I mean that enormity and in this this little story that you tell me, I mean, you could be told um, a million times through generations. And thank you for that, um, uh, CJ. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing that you are sharing through these um, real stories. And, and I'd like to know that um, also for um, yourself to share, and I know that talking about yourself, it's, it's so hard. Um, <laughs> And I would like you to also share about, you know, your your cancer diagnosis. You know, when you think that, um, oh, I'm gonna live life like, okay, that is already over. I've emerged. I've come out from the tunnel. You know, it's time for me to live. And then you got hit with um, a kind of proclamation. You know, yeah. by a doctor, like, okay, you've got this, and this is it. You know, t tell us how did that happen, and the news that kind of struck, and how are you now? 
Yeah, so it's funny because when I was in Kuwait in 2010, 2011, I started noticing a red patch on my face. Yeah. I thought it was a dry patch or skin irritation, and I thought nothing of it. I had asked a couple doctors, and they thought it was eczema or something, a dry patch, no big deal. I retired in 2017, and the next two years I went to the doctors, and they said it was ringworm, and they kept giving me different creams and nothing. Yeah. Finally, after the fourth treatment for ringworm, I said, listen, it's not ringworm. Can you figure out what's on my face? <laughs> so um, they took pictures and a biopsy. Yeah. And I actually, to accept a job, I had to move five hours away from my husband and my kids. So I was working five hours away from my husband and my kids. It was July 5th. 2019 and I'm sitting at work and the call came at 12.04 p.m. It's funny how um, very significant moments in your life you remember every detail and it was the dermatologist doctor and she said uh, Miss Lopez we got your results back it is in fact glaucoma cell carcinoma in, in situ and then she went to explain everything that it was, which I don't remember everything she said. I just remember the exact wording that she said because I knew I was gonna go Google it later. So she said that she was going to send me to a surgeon to have a surgery which would take it off mm. um, versus going through the chemo and other options. There's a, it's called Mohs surgery. <laughs> Sorry, my dogs are here. <laughs> I have six of them and they are the light of my life. So um, so she said, most surgery, what it is is they, they, they cut you open, they take a piece off, they test it, and if everything in the perimeter, there's no cancer, then they sew you up, you're done because they got all the cancer. Um, normally, most surgeons, uh, what they'll do is they'll they'll take it, they think they got all the cancer, they'll do a biopsy, and then you'll get a call two weeks later, and if there's more cancer, you'll have to go back or go through chemo or radiation or whatever. So um, I went into my boss's office. I, I had been working at this new job five hours away for three days. It was three days on the job. And I told her, I said, I said, Cindy, um, I just got the call that, that from my doctor that I have skin cancer. I need to leave right now. I need to go home. Um, I need to talk to my husband. I'm not telling him over the phone. So I got in the car and I drove five hours home. Um, wow. And I told him. And, and he just sat there. He was shocked. And I said, you know, I'm not done yet. So whatever we got to do let's get it done and figure it out i said i'm not i could sit here and cry all night long because this really sucks and i never thought it would be me you never think it's going to be you but what i'm going to do is i'm going to excuse my french figure shit out <laughs> and see whatever i have to do and i'm not going to baby myself because I've I've got too much to do I've got one kid in 
college, another one who was her senior year in college at the time. I've got my husband to think about. Uh, my husband is retired, he doesn't work, so I'm the one that's working. And I mean, I was starting my author journey. I was doing this podcasting with my sister. I had too much to do. I wasn't. Yeah, because you, you thought that it's going to be a new life. You're going to live a new life and put yeah. what all these baggages behind yeah. all this history behind to live a new springtime. Right. Um, yeah. How are and, and that was um, and, and that was like just before the pandemic. Right. That was July. 2019 yeah and then I went and had the surgery in August yeah the next month yeah uh, it was a little over 30 days um, and they cut I don't know if you can see the scar but it goes yeah. from here to here yeah. and they were able to cut all the skin cancer out at that time they had to do about four different cuts they'll cut leave it open you know, sit in the waiting room have to come back and forth and I drove myself up there and my husband goes, give me the keys, I'll drive us home. I said, no, I'm driving us home because I'm still here. I'm cancer free and I'm still here. So I drove us and it, it was three hours away from our home, the surgery. Yeah. Place, so I drove us home. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then um, September of this year, uh, my sister, because we talk every single day, she goes, Sister, that spot's looking red again. I said, I know, I'm gonna have them take a look at it. I've got my appointment next week. So um, in October, they called me and they said the skin cancer was back. Oh. Back in to have another surgery. But when I showed up, the doctor said, you know, I don't wanna do another surgery and give you another scar. So let's do the chemo cream, which is chemotherapy, but in a um, cream. cream Yep, so I did the chemo, chemo cream for two weeks and then I went back a month later and cancer free again. That was just last month. Yeah, and um, I'd just like to congratulate you on that. Um, so how do you feel right now, uh, sister? Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sister. No, we are sisters, definitely. You know, I feel like every day for me, my my God, my spiritual leader, and I know everyone has their own their yeah. own spiritual leader, their own yeah. higher power. So I don't ever put my beliefs on anybody else. Yeah. But my God orders my steps. He'll tell me when it's time for me to go, and He'll tell me when it's time to keep going. And right now, He still has me here for a reason. So while he still has me here, he or she, because it's not a man or a woman, it actually, uh, God actually doesn't have a gender. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna get stuff done and I'm gonna do everything I can to help people because people are my business, basically. So um, you're living your life through three podcasts. Tell us about the podcast. Yeah, so we, like I said, in 2019, we started uh, the Sister Sister Live Show just on the premise of me and my sister getting close again because I left at the age of 19 when she was going into the deep part of her addiction. So we lost, we lost touch. We were two little girls being thrown between two families, um, being torn to pieces, but we bonded so close. And then I left at 19 and we lost each other. So we decided to get on live. Wow 
on Facebook and just talk to each other. And then, and then um, about a month after we started, this is the hard part, sorry. <laughs> about a month after we started, I got a call that um, my cousin was on um, life support. Oh, wow. She had been uh, murdered in her home by her boyfriend. So our show took a whole different turn after that. After we lost her, we started wanting to tell the survivor story. We said, we are so sick and tired of this happening. Every woman in my family has dealt with domestic violence. My grandmother, my mother, my sister, all my aunts, all of my cousins, everybody has dealt with it, myself included, and I'm sick of it. I never had physical violence done to me. Mine was all emotional. So we started to tell the survivor story. Um, And then we realized it was very, very hard for people to tell their stories sometimes. So we a little bit and we decided we're going to have a podcast where we bring on entrepreneurs, business people, authors, anybody that has something positive to share in the world. And with that, any revenue that we end up making off of this, because we're going to turn to a nonprofit, we are going to give back to the community and help people get off the streets, help people fight the very thing that tried to take them down and help them survive and and become a part of their survivor story so that that's the that's our main one that's our main podcast because that's helping people thank you so much um uh cj and you know um i see you coming back um strength to strength um you know you giving your life to your children you giving your life to others um and now through the podcast you are giving um, not only giving monetarily because you're gonna, you know, go to go nonprofit, but I think because of your life experience and all these untold journeys that I can imagine is almost like a like a river tributaries that you've got a story here, and then it's gonna be intertwined with a story here, and it's gonna be intertwined with a story here, and it's 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 a life, it's a life of encyclopedia of stories. And you know, I, I would I would love for you to um, uh, share more of your books um, because your books consist of your stories, and um, and also hope that you can come back and share some of the more comfortable stories of your life, which you would like to um, in the future. Um, for the next um, thirty seconds or so, is there something? Um, you would want to conclude with you remember or or the listeners and the viewers would like to take back um, with? Well, I want to real quick give a lot of credit to my husband because um, he saved me in 2010 when my grandmother passed away. She was my best friend and I was in Oman. I was on deployment and I called him and he just sat there and listened for hours. So if it wasn't for him, a lot of this wouldn't even be possible because he's my rock. And I want to tell everybody that what they have to realize is any room that they're in, whether they're in a room alone or a room of 10,000 people, they're the most powerful person in that room. And as long as they realize how powerful they are inside of themselves, they will survive. They will get through it. Because if I can lift, if I, 
can lift my head up off of a piece of carpet in the middle of a concrete house in Japan where I was at at the time and still go on to live. And I have nothing they can do as well. Thank you so much, um, CJ. Um, you know, I, I really see this encyclopedia of life story here and here. I think it's a never ending um, story. And I, 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 one day I would really, really want to, 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 to meet you again um, over this virtual world and welcome you again to Singapore. So let you excavate certain of these um, stories that you feel it's really worthwhile for you to document uh, for, for eternity, for perpetuity on the internet, which is exactly what you're doing <laughs> on, on podcasts. Yes, you know, I told you, I told you I was a talker, right? I, I'm a talker, I can't help myself. So thank you so much for having me here, uh, for holding this space for so many people. It, it's so important what you do. I would love to have you come over and talk on Sister Sister Live Show and the, the work oh, that got, you've got. You've got a Sister Sister Live Show. It's yes. really called Sister Sister. Yeah, yes, Sister, Sister Sister Live Show. That's the website as well, Sister Sister Live Show. And all of our shows are live and we do it live wow. because we love the realness and, and just, wow. we love just talking. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because I promised you 30 seconds and we have overshot it by 15 minutes. Thank you, CJ. I shan't take you away from your family, from your dogs, from your life. You've got so much to share. Thank you for all... all and also for giving us that hope at the end of the tunnel, um, despite um, the numerous rolls of mountains and hills of your life, you know, the way I, I can see, you know, the rolls and rolls of hills that you've gone through. Um, and uh, thank you so much, CJ, and thank you for that strength. And thank you, thank you. It's people like you that make me keep going. Oh, thank you. And, um, Welcome to Singapore and uh, welcome to 2021. We will emerge stronger. Yes. Sister. Yeah, thank you. I'll see you. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Yeah, yeah, let's share this to the world. Bye. Yes.